Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Film Podcast. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Jake Cunningham. Hello. And we are going to discuss Andrea Arnold's latest film, American Honey. Uh, But before we do that, we have an opening question and this is about film length because American Honey is 2 hours 45 minutes. Yep. So just shy of 3 hours. And length is something we talk about quite a bit on the podcast yeah definitely. I think almost weekly we say if there's one thing we change about this film it's that it's slightly too long I think we both agree that most films are too long yeah you but, can always uh, the amount of times we've gone eh, you could probably trim 20 minutes yeah exactly it's always like 20 minutes or 15 minutes something that wouldn't change it dramatically but just just something just to shave it off a bit and just make it a bit more um, easy to watch yeah and easy to uh, sustain your how much, how engaged you are with the film, and there's also been a tweet by Edgar Reed recently. Edgar Reed. Edgar Reed. <clears throat> there's also been a tweet by uh, Edgar Wright recently, who said, "Ambition to make an 89-minute movie. My movie so far runs 78, 99, 120, 113, 109. I think just under 90 might hit a sweet spot." So someone else who sort of shares the feeling that that's the perfect length for a film, like an hour and a half. But then here we have a film, American Honey, I think safe to say we both liked a lot. Oh yeah, very much so. And yet it's nearly three hours long. So my question is, if something can be cut out of a film, should it be? And with that I mean if there's a scene in a film that doesn't serve a narrative purpose and doesn't really serve to give any exposition or change the way you think about character or have any lasting effect on the overall film... Should it be cut out? I think in that instance, if it is in no way affecting the film, then perhaps yes. But you've got to think of the mood of the piece mm. and the atmosphere that the film is trying to create. Because it may not, you may think of, so this is one thing, and it, you think, oh, it doesn't quite serve any purpose, and you cut that. But then you might have another thing that mm. you think... And then you're cutting and you're cutting and you're cutting and eventually you end up with nothing. I think, although a completely different film, Duncan Jones was talking about his film Warcraft from earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, 
like he he knows it got a negative reception and he said he's outwardly said like this is not the film the film that's come out is not the film that I wanted to make yeah it's not the film I set out to make and it says it was just an exercise in compromise and you compromise once and you think yeah yeah but we'll still be able to make something from that and then you think that each time you make those mm. changes and then eventually you end up with something that is not what you set out to not create. What you've, yeah, not what you've started doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that. I think my primary example with this question would be Youth. That's Paolo Sorrenti- Sorrento? Sorrentino. Sorrentino's film from uh, last year or yeah. early this year. And there's one... Because I wasn't a fan of this film at all. Uh, I thought most of it could have been cut out. But to be, forget the, you know, to be fair to the film, like, okay, there is a narrative there and everything... So what would could be got rid of to make it still make sense? There's a dream sequence in it with Paloma Faith, and it's like a fake music video, and that that could have honestly been removed. And it's about two and a half minutes, nearly three or four minutes, I think. Yeah, something like that. I think can often and should be gotten rid of. Well, I think with youth, um, youth is a funny one for me because there are so many moments in it that I really really like and so many moments in it that I really really hate as mm. well and it's like, it's unfair to say that my opinion of it would be a three star because it's like I've got like five star moments yeah. in it and complete one star <laughs> moments um, I've forgotten the 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 actress that comes in for five minutes and everyone was like oh she's going to get a Jane best Fonda of- yes that's it like Jane Fonda that scene I hated that could be scene. cut out yeah it- and not affect the narrative yeah yeah. Um, and these but then people are just looking at perhaps that scene is just a profile of good acting and right. that's its role and so perhaps we don't need to look at it as whether or not it's serving the Narrative. story yeah but is this serving an artistic purpose in itself and i think youth is full of those scenes there's a film there's a moment with harvey Keitel seeing all his old actresses sitting on yeah. a hillside again you could quite easily say it doesn't add to the story but it's a very beautiful looking scene and perhaps in that moment that's what we're enjoying it for so you can keep something in if it serves an artistic purpose or a narrative purpose is that the rule maybe uh, perhaps I mean, earlier this year again we had the revenant or late last year depending on yeah. when you saw it and anyone could, like any editor could go up to the revenant and go yeah you could you got that. Yeah. Got that. I mean, The Revenant is an hour and a half story, really. Mm. I don't think it's that grand, really. But I did. I was concentrating the whole way through. Yeah, never bored, really. Yeah, but I think you could cut from it, and you could probably cut from it, and no one would notice that much. Yeah. And compare that to something like Gravity, which is it's ninety minutes with credits. Yeah. And that is that is taut. It gets its story across. And it looks great, and it has its medita- meditation-y moments, but it, it's, it really guns through it. And I think that's a really good exercise in tight script writing. We were talking about Edgar yeah. Wright as well, I think. We could talk about him too. Definitely. So with The Revenant, you think there are cases, there's, that's a film that could definitely do with being trimmed down, or do you think it warrants that length? I don't think, I don't think it needed to be okay. that long but I'm not against it being okay. that long so and let's bring it back to American Honey now yeah and I think you could that same sentence could apply okay so let's get into American Honey it has like The Revenant a very simple plot line yes and we were both quite surprised when we found it it was nearly three hours long mm. 
So the film, it stars uh, newcomer Sasha Lane as a girl called Star, who she's essentially living in poverty. Um, her home situation is not ideal. She pretty much solely looks after her younger brother and sister. And then one day she comes across this kind of band of young young adults who travel around the country selling magazines, going from motel to motel. Um, and it's a completely alternate lifestyle to one she's living and to one that I've ever seen before, really, on film, this kind of completely free um but com- but also with a sort of a, some form of uh job as well yeah i think that's the running contradiction yeah through the film that they are they like to think of themselves as we are completely free yeah except really they get up early just like any other nine to five person yeah. they get up they spend their day at work they knock off they have sales targets yeah it's really not that free but it's, they're convincing themselves that it is so yeah, that's that's the story in a nutshell, really. That's yeah, it doesn't go much further beyond that. Absolutely, and so it's an epic length mm. with a non-epic plotline. And do you think it straddles those two things well? Yeah, this is this is strange. Well, both of us came out and yeah. said like, yes, that was very long, but I was engaged with yes. it the entire time. I think that the the epic length really gave it a feel of a journey. Mm. because there was a point towards the end where I suddenly thought back to the beginning when she first meets uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, Jake, who uh, is a member of this this gang. And I suddenly thought, that seems like ages ago, but not in a bad way. That seemed like, I really feel like I have been on this journey with her and it has been a really long time since that happened and that so much has happened between that, that, that scene I was thinking of and the scene that's happening in front of me that it did feel like a genuine uh, sort of moment in someone's life had happened before mm. my eyes which was really well handled um, okay so let's get down to some of the nitty gritty parts uh, so what did you think of Sash Lane as star complete thought, newcomer no acting experience Andrew Arnold found her on a beach yeah I thought Sasha Lane was magnetic she was yeah. I thought she was incredible You, from the moment you see her on the screen she feels so natural the way mm. that she looks around is like, you almost feel like throughout the film that she's going to just look into the camera as well because it is yeah it feels almost like a home video at points and she just feels so in the moment and i think i don't think maybe that's just it's not just her that's everyone in the film andrew arnold set out and got these people together mm. for a couple of weeks before they get, got the cameras rolling and they went on road trips and they put them in hotels and it was to build up that camaraderie and that friendship so when she tried capturing it on camera it did feel natural but I thought Sasha Lane completely carries it and she <laughs> she carries the film but it looks like she's not carrying it she looks yeah, it's so yeah, yeah it really is she does it's like holding together a three hour film like you've got to be like like that's a Leonardo DiCaprio role isn't yeah, it yeah um, definitely like you've got to have so much experience to be able to handle that and she, it's just a, like yeah I just walked off a beach just yeah. <laughs> turned up and yeah. just deliver this incredible performance to be in a three hour film and to be in every single scene mm. of that near enough every shot of a three hour film is a lot of pressure especially on like a uh, 40 year experience actor 
let alone one who has no experience at all. Mm. So yeah, that's really impressive. Um, you, you you described her as natural there, and there's a there's a kind of connection between star and nature, isn't there? Yeah, I think I don't know how on the nose people have thought of this. I mean, there is this uh, continuation of nature following uh, her character star. Like it's insects or at one point a grizzly bear yeah. or uh, I think there's some dogs uh, or a cat as well um, and this idea of nature following her and it's this idea of her like purity yeah her, like purity of soul and spirit like as a well. modern Snow White yeah in a way like those old Disney cartoon princesses would often attract animals to them mm. because they are completely pure and innocent yeah and I think the point of comparison although like Snow White is like particularly with her being a young woman yeah. um, but the comparison that I would draw would be to Theo in Children of Men okay. Clive Owen's character who if you when you watch the film you don't it's, it's very underplayed because mm. it's a very chaotic film compared to this which is very slow and lucid um, but Children of Men is very chaotic but when you go through it quite slowly you notice there are dogs perpetually following yeah. Theo and he is again this he's smoking he's an alcoholic he doesn't really want to do the job but in his heart he is pure yeah and I think that's what we're looking at with Star as well she does smoke yeah. she does drink she does drugs she has sex but deep down yeah yeah and there's a, there's a, there is a moment that we'll talk about in the spoiler section I guess yeah. that I think reveals her true self yeah um Another point I thought about Star is that we seem to be talking about The Revenant a lot. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> she very much could have been a similar character to the one Leo plays in The Revenant, where he is essentially an empty husk that the audience can project themselves onto. Right. Because in The Revenant, for me, I found him not really to be, have much characteristics. He didn't really have much of a personality. He was just someone experienced in these things that allowed us to then feel like we're experiencing them as well. Hmm. And I thought that would be the same here, that she'd be, not be much of a character per se, but just be someone who we can, who is accessible for us to follow. She was like our the, vessel. Yeah, because it is a new world for an audience to go, to suddenly be thrown into these parts of America that aren't often filmed, characters that aren't often in films and actors that we don't really know. And yet, she is such a character. Mm. She has loads of flaws. She does things that we don't that don't make sense to us all the time. Her motivations aren't clear. Even her background isn't really clear. We get some information at that at the beginning, but we don't really know what her relationships are like with the other characters at the beginning. So, she is a complicated character, which I think was a brave move to have in this kind of film. Yeah, and what in, as you and you're saying that that removes the accessibility by making someone complex. I think so. Yeah, right. I think that she's not supposed to be accessible at first. We have to work to find her accessible, mm. and that kind of is another way that I think the three-hour length works. Yeah, you need time to build up to be able to access Star. Yeah, and I think I think that same feeling can be looked into the uh, technical side of the actual filmmaking because mm. uh, at the start of the film you feel like a hidden camera and you feel yeah. you're a voyeur but come the end of the film you feel like you're at, you're one of the crew yes. and you're within it definitely that we begin as these outsiders 
watching yeah. and looking and trying to be part of it and then come the end of it we are we feel intimate we feel within especially by the time like a new person arrives in the crew after star mm. then you really feel like you are star mm. because you arrived with her and there's suddenly a stranger and you think who is this new person you yeah. feel the things that star is feeling yeah i also want to talk about the film as a road movie which i think it could be in one way looked seen as mm. because they are off you know the essentials of a road movie group of characters quirky characters in a car for most of the film on the road going from one place to another but most r- road movies have a beginning they get in the car and they have a very clear point they think we need to get to this place and that's where we're going mm. and that's the destination here there is no destination this is this film has a point a without a point b and these people essentially kids have no they have no point b they have no destination and it's not clear it's sort of so do you think that that's their choice that they have this new alternate lifestyle that rejects the idea that a journey should have an end should have a destination or have they been forced to no longer believe in destinations because of their economic background yeah and i status? think ultimately it's that that where the like uh, physically or emotionally they feel homeless mm. whether wherever they are uh, or they they need an escape and that's why they choose this and it is about getting away and mm. no matter how far you drive you're just you're getting away from wherever it is yeah. you're, you're coming from and I think that's what they're doing and it like it sounds like it's like a dorm room poster isn't it it's, yeah. it's not about the destination it's, it's about, about the, journey. the journey man and this film could verge on that cliche it could like, do it yeah really simply and it does have a few sins in it that i'll pick up on um but i think ultimately it could it really gets into the contradiction of this like what could you could pertain to be a hippie lifestyle yeah this freedom and what that actually trying to do that equates to and how that's not really a real thing anymore. No. That yeah, that the easy rider lifestyle mm. of just hitting the road doesn't exist anymore. And even here when they have just hit the road, they have rejected or they don't have available a destination. But everything they do on the road is about making money. Mm. So let's get into that part of it, I guess. Yeah, and you wonder I think I quite like the reason that they're making money, but because it's yeah. not like they're, it's not like oh, I need I need money to go into my pension. I need money yeah. to go into my mortgage. Uh, they just like I need money because I want to party. Yeah, and that's it, and that's what they want. And I think I actually really admired that about them. Yeah, and I think it's so easy for sort of well, I don't know, older people to think oh, young people they're not working and they're yeah. not saving money and they're being very inconsiderate and uh, they're not thinking about the future and he's think yeah that's great these like uh, andrea arnold's really celebrating the insensibility yeah yeah think so. of youth just uh, this ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style kind of careless regard yeah for what you what's expected of you mm. that sounds a bit cliched as well but that is what the film's about i think in mm. a way even though star does at some point have dreams about having a family and settling down it seems like all the other characters have never thought about that in their lives yeah that they are doing what they want to do right now i think it is an interesting film about people that have not considered a future at all they're constantly they're just living in the now. Again, another p- cliched poster quote. Yeah. But they are, yeah, you're right. They're not thinking about investing their money. They're thinking about, okay, this will do me for the week. Yeah. And I can drink and do this and do that until I get paid again or until I make more money. Yeah. They're literally living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I think. And um, that's in terms of that, they are living free. Yeah. It's one of those films that you you can completely enjoy it on the surface level and you can really love the experience of just watching it and yes. if you want to you can delve deeper into it and I think a comparison would be um, Everybody Wants Some from earlier this Definitely. year this celebration yeah. of youth like, there is a thin line of a story running through it um, but it's very much about the atmosphere and the mm. people and the, pe- uh, the characters you're meeting and their activities and their fun and that celebration of youth and there are moments in Everybody Wants Some where you question how reliable this constant pursuit of youth is. One particular character yeah. represents yes. that. And it's perhaps not as obvious in American Honey. Um, perhaps maybe the manager of the magazine crew. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think that runs throughout this film as well. But I, I really enjoy the kind of celebration of the artifice of youth and like everybody wants some you have this large cast but they're all given just about enough to do i think each of these characters to be considered characters rather than just background yeah you don't know everything about them but i think you get a general idea of what kind of characters each of them are Mm. and it feels real and like when you are young you know loads of people like loads of people you have a mass sort of a big gang but then and a lot of them are just, oh, that's the guy that does that. Yeah. Like, you see them walking around, like, oh, that's the guy that wears his hat like that. Yeah. Like, and that's how it is for these characters as well, that they're just this big mass, this big sprawl of mm. just people with their own thing. I did... That, to me, that was almost unbelievable because there are so many different cliques of people in this crew. Okay. I, I don't know of anyone that has perhaps a group of friends of, what was that, 12, 14 people... Mm. That is such an eclectic variety. Well, I think that... Yeah, okay, I know what you mean in that sense. 
it is a bit trying hard to make them all different. Mm. I do like the girl that was obsessed with Darth Vader. Yes, yes. Because he just represents darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what Darth Vader looks like inside, just like all of us. <laughs> yeah, and, a little, and there are those, those little beats like that. Each one yeah. of these people has one to make you think, that's a character, that's someone that I can believe exists. And I know people like that. Like, yeah. you've got the guy that likes to take his clothes off. Everyone yeah, knows everyone a guy. Everyone that guy that takes yeah. his clothes off all the time. Yeah. yeah. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I put the trousers back on. Okay. Um, so what did you think about Jake? Your namesake. My namesake and one Shia of my, my favourite people in the world. <laughs> Shia playing a guy called Jake. Oh, God. <laughs> and he has a sweet ponytail. Oh, no, it's a rat tail, mate. Rat There's tail. a difference. Sorry. He's got a sweet rat tail. He's got a bum bag. He's got so many things going for him. Yeah. Um, I think he's excellent. I think he's really good in this, actually. Yeah. Not distracting, because sometimes I think if you cast Shia LaBeouf in something, it's going to be very distracting for everyone watching it, because it's like, that's, that's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> that's even Stevens. Yeah. That's the guy that had that weird sort of meltdown. Yeah. But uh, he's great in it. He yeah. really sells his character, who's this kind of sort of the love interest of the film. Yeah, uh, questionable. He, questionable love interest, and he seems to be a high-ranking member of this posse, mm. but then also doesn't seem quite with it at certain times as well. Really great character, I thought. Very romantic, yeah. I think, as well. Definitely. Um, and he's, I think he's definitely the the funniest character yeah. in the film. Uh, uh, that His opening is him dancing to Rihanna and Calvin Harris in a supermarket and standing he, on the checkout yeah yeah and you like you could this film could from another perspective you'd be thinking ugh youths <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like you see him on the checkout and you think it's yes joyous. this is yeah, great this definitely. is what young yeah. people should be doing and the old people um, are tisking and hissing and you yeah. think yeah stick it to the man <laughs> I kind of saw some of the film as a sort of pseudo-alternative gangster movie in a way that you have a character who starts off in a poverty situation or quite low on the social ladder and then is enticed into this new alternative way of life where you live away from most normal mainstream forms of society. You have your own kind of gang, your own community. There's a hierarchy. There's a, a don in um, Crystal, who's R Riley Keogh. Keogh. She's essentially the mafia don here that mm. tells everyone what to do, expects to be paid a certain amount of money each time. And there's sort of some slight antagonistic relationship between the newcomer and the yeah. old-timer. Yeah, I can totally believe that. And then like later on, you've even got like the, the new person becomes another new person and we're integrated within the family. Yeah. Don't um, mess with the family. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you've like it's not drug running or gun running; it's selling magazines. Yeah. But like, it's the same principle of selling something that is perhaps not, not th fully ethical. Yeah. And then also they have to meet their. I'm not saying print media <laughs> is unethical. <laughs> um, the way they sell it. Yeah. And also, there's this thing that, that it's kind of hinted that. No matter how you get the money, you need to get the money to Crystal. Yeah, which is a very gangstery thing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you don't you pocket barely any. It's she's yeah. they say at the start you get twenty percent. Yeah. 
It's not great. And like yeah. she, like she's having a great day when she says she sells five. I think there is a slight hint that they are being uh, exploited yeah. by Crystal because she doesn't really partake in their groovy lifestyle. No, as such, I think she's kind of knows that these are stupid kids that will spend it all on drinking, and I yeah. won't have to look after them that much. Like as long as I. Well, this them. makes me. I want to touch on something that I brought up earlier about them. This um, contradiction of freedom against mm. reality. Um, that's cruel. <laughs> freedom against reality, but freedom against um, consumerism. And like, they, as I said, they get up early and they go to a nine-to-five job, and they have a sales manager. Like they, they have everything that they clearly so want to not have. Yeah. And I think it's perhaps almost um, become this reintroduction of the idea of the American Dream film, which you would have had um, sort of post-depression films like I know Yankee Doodle Dandy. Like the goal for everything is to have a family and to have yeah. this white picket fence and to have kids and to make lots of money, and that's like what American cinema celebrated for ages. And then you had films like American Beauty to take that down. Yeah. And now perhaps we're getting this postmodern uh, American dream film where actually the ideas are still, still desired. So, yeah. It's just the way you get those ideas mm. represented to you. Definitely. Mm. Uh, is there anything you want to touch on before we go into spoiler territory? Um, yes, I did actually just really like the music. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about the music. Sort of a combination of pop music, which yeah. is done very well, and also a kind of trap. It, that's from Andrew Arnold. I'm not saying I listened to. I, I like instantly heard it and was like, "Yeah, that's my favorite trap song." <laughs> but that's what she says. It's right. trap music. Okay, so a lot of trap music. Yeah, and also a kind of ethereal score as well. Yeah, uh, nice combination of there. But they, the pop, the trap music's all there yeah. to really drum it home that this is about youth culture. Yeah, but also it's really mainstream, like the Rihanna yeah. stuff, and that's again something like you really like that because. Often with a kind of indie art house director, like it's like, ooh, like they've got I some don't, weird I don't unsigned yeah. band, or they've yeah. got Scott Walker, or they've got Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, and it's like, no, but we got Rihanna, <laughs> and it's just, it is that celebration of like consumer artificiality, yeah. and it's like, so what? Like that's what kids like. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Like, there's no point judging them for it. Yeah, definitely. Very nice choice of music there. Right, so highly recommend it if you haven't seen it so when you and then when you do see it come back and listen to us talk about the third well not really third act but sort of yeah. towards the end of the film revelations yeah um, okay so there's not really many because the film ends with nothing really changing yeah she stays with the group there's no like there's not even any sort of tension whether she's gonna leave or anything it just is as it has always been mm. um, something I wanted to point out that I think um, would have maybe not spoiled it but something is nice not to know before you go in is the sort of pseudo prostitution scene yes now for me the screening we were in this got laughs yeah and I thought oh that thought was a bit I thought that was strange why well, this would get laughs yeah it, it was quite a horrible scene to watch yeah. really um, so this is the guy who is with her in the car and he's sort of the way he's telling her what to do I guess She's slightly inexperienced at yeah, being, I, selling her can, body. Uh, well, and I don't. I genuinely think before she does it, she didn't realise it was going to be that. Yeah, because yeah. he says, "Oh, if I pay you a thousand dollars, do you want to hang out with me tonight?" And yeah. She says, yeah, okay. So again, that drums home her 
innocence. And also, we haven't really talked about the fact she's 18. Mm. She's very young. Uh, anyway, so it's not played for laughs, but then again, it's also not wholly dramatic either. It's not... There's no, like, tense music playing in the background. She's not crying. It's not... Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like a completely well, think... dramatic, melodramatic moment, which it could be in a lot of... Like, yeah, and I, I think, think about it... the scene in Boogie Nights when he... The same thing happens mm. to our lead character. That's incredibly dramatic. And there's this dark music playing in the background and he's crying and the scene just builds attention here. It's very matter-of-fact. He's not particularly horror. He's not a monster or anything. He doesn't force himself on her. He she's, gives, gives her the money up front. Gives her the money. He's not violent. She's not, like, devastated that she's done this thing. And I think that sums up the film yeah, in a I, way that these things that potentially could be really dramatic and tense are just matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and it, it maintains the observational outlook that it's yeah. had throughout the film, even when it would be easy to manipulate things to create drama. Yeah. It holds back on doing that. And also the thing that you were saying earlier that they are kind of have this sort of free lifestyle and there's like the new teenager may not take something like this too seriously mm. if they're just on the road with no responsibility then they think oh what's stopping me from doing that screw it mm. what the hell and something that um, I think is perhaps the the only thing that kind of draws in a closing of her arc is uh, when she brings food to some impoverished yes. children yes let's talk about that um, so at the start of the film we established that Star looks after her brother and sister who are younger and like the the opening scene of the film is them searching in a tip to get some food from a supermarket that they've thrown out and then come two and a half hours later we find her going to try and sell magazines to an impoverished neighborhood and the mother is I think meth meth or heroin or something I think it was implied I think it was meth yeah the kids again amazingly aren't too distressed which yeah. I thought like you could easily do a like a Breaking Bad thing where it's like oh god I feel so awful for that mm. child and look how skinny they are and look how depressed they are and they can't even watch TV because their parents don't pay the bills but uh, Star goes into this house and the kids are just like hey do you want to hear my song like, yeah. or this um, is it The Grateful Dead it's just, I, I want to kill children yeah like yeah. it's like it's my favorite song i want to kill children yeah and she sings it and she seems happy and the brother seems happy and he's wearing his pikachu onesie yeah yeah and he gets her a drink um and she just sees her, her brother and sister yeah. in them and goes and buys them food and this is one scene talking about scenes that could be cut yeah i was going to bring it back to that yeah um we see her go to their house and meet these kids and then we see her in the supermarket putting stuff in the basket. Yeah. And for me, you could cut it there. Yeah. We don't need to, we know what's happened. Yeah. She goes on to bring the food back to the house and give it to the kids. And that's the bit that I don't right. feel was necessary. Yeah. Because you see her buying food. You've never seen her buy food or anything that sensible for herself before. You know what she's doing with it. Yeah. Also, it's a smaller point, but there's a scene earlier on where she gets in this guy's truck and sells him magazines. That could be cut. What, the lorry driver? Mm. Oh, I don't know, because I thought that was playing on our idea of lorry drivers. <laughs> like, that's that's the... Truckers uh, are evil. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the conception that we've got from horror films. That, okay, so this is more of a... Like, it's just a... Pl to... It's a trust okay. exercise. And I think 
uh, the film Wild actually has a very similar scene. Okay, yeah. Um, right, so... I would recommend uh, American Honey as an after-lunch film. An after-lunch film? Yeah. Okay. I I think go for the morning. Ooh! No, no, it's a lunch. Because you want to get a big lunch, like a pasta lunch. I think after, you, after your breakfast, you go in there with a cup of tea or coffee. Right. And, and then, it, you know... So no, it's too finish, long, mate. It will you... finish around midday, and then you can go straight to lunch and, and mull it over. No, but if you have a coffee, then you're going to need a wee halfway through, and you really don't want to break <laughs> up the rhythm of this. You want big pasta lunch, and then you want to go in, and you just want to slump down in your seat, and you just want to... Like, because you want a big meal that's, that's going to take ages to digest, so you're a bit kind of tired. I'm not tired, but very relaxed. Okay. Like maybe a shepherd's pie. Something like that. That is this kind of film that you just, you need something that's going to keep you sat down and just let it wash over you. Okay. It is, I did really like this film. It is a little bit of a trial. No. A three hour film always. I mean, it was a little bit hard. Uh, I mean, I did enjoy all of it, but I did think it's very long. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that it's yeah. very long. I don't think there's any dispute in the fact that no, it's very long. No. Um, but yeah, this is one of the most. Uh, I think Andrew Arnold has now developed her kind of cult of following. So if you liked any of her previous films, uh, so that's like Wuthering Heights, Red Road, Red Road, Fish Tank, which are all available on, on Curzon Home, Home Cinema. Cinema. Yeah, yeah. If you liked them, you'll definitely love this. I think she's got that. She, she's retained that kind of natural, low key, but very real filmmaking aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to see it done in America. Yeah, can't don't think she's done an American film. No, before. It, it feels really natural as well. For yeah. it doesn't feel like an outsider's view of America at yeah. all. And it's a part of America that yeah, like I said earlier, that it hasn't really been shown on film that much before in such a sort of yeah. candid and I, light. I think there's a point where you see the Grand Canyon, but it's from a different angle that we're so not. You don't used. even realize it is the Grand Canyon. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't even you don't recognize the view. And I think that's the a lot that kind of sums up this film. It's America. Yeah. But it's not America we're used to seeing on film. America. America. So, yeah, American Honey, do check it out. Uh, it's going to be released on Friday. And then... Which uh, is today. Which is today. <laughs> so make some th- three hours of your life available. Yeah, make, make lasagna. Make lasagna and go for it. Uh, another big thank you to CSR for letting us use their studio. Our next episode... We'll be, on, we'll be Sunday. on Sunday, and it's our review roundup of everything we've seen at the London Film Festival. And there's a lot of films we've seen at London Film Festival this year. Yeah, we, we're going. I think we're doing a bit of La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, Personal yeah. Shopper, Patterson, Christine, Una, Birth of a Nation, Bleed for This, Bleed for This. <sighs> so much to talk about. Free Fire, yeah, Nocturnal Animals, all going to be there. Yeah. So definitely, uh, yeah, tune in for that. And it's goodbye from Jake. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.